Here's like an actual customer out here. Uh, what's uh, what's the best kind of firework to buy? Wouldn't you like to know, weather boy? Where are your parents? Get sketchy. Back to you guys. <laughs> love those moments when the network TV newscaster gets caught in something weird. Of course, you don't watch network TV news. You watch The Rubin Report, hosted by Dave Rubin on January 29th, 2024. That's today. We're live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Locals. Uh, we also are showing five minutes of the program on Instagram. So if you're watching on Instagram, you can jump over after five minutes. That's a little test run that we're trying out. Uh, Post-game show, as always, rubenreport.locals.com. And we have a jam-packed Monday show for you. Like, there is a lot going on. I even bulleted it out for you. We've got Ilhan Omar, who's basically a terrorist. Like, we have a terrorist in the government. I'm sorry, I don't know how to tell you any other way. She's here to destroy America. Uh, she gave a big speech over the weekend that's now catching fire across the internet. Uh, of course, the other big thing is that the border crisis is just getting worse and worse. And now, to some extent, the border crisis, which is a literal on the ground, tangible crisis, has escalated into, into a constitutional crisis because the states are now fighting back against this 5-4 Supreme Court ruling. So we're gonna unpack a little bit of that. Of course, what sits with all of that is how the media is responding and or I should say distorting what's actually going on. Uh, and then what sits next to that is how the Democrats are going to try to destroy you and everything you love and this country and that orange man. And then as I am one to do, I will give you some hope at the end of the show. So let's just dive right in. This speech is completely bananas. There are many clips of it. We're only gonna show you one portion of her talking. But Ilhan Omar was given a speech at a, at a Somalian event, and here she is. I don't even want to color this. Just listen to what she says. Uh, of course, this is going to be in, uh, you're going to have to read the translation. Here we go. ولكن وإذن كور حيسا سيدات إذن كودريمي سين دنتاس إي أودريمي مدحوين حسن شيقنا a lovely language, isn't it? Uh, for those of you that don't speak Somalian, uh, she basically was saying that she is in Congress to defend the interests of Somalia and that she is going to make sure that the United States will do things for Somalia first. That's kind of the bumper sticker version. It continued. I mean, there's, it's a much, it's a, that's just a small portion, obviously, of a much longer speech. Uh, this should come as no surprise to anyone that has been tracking this woman for quite some time. I mean, she absolutely is part of that Hamas caucus that the Democrats have. The progressives have completely gone off the deep end. Uh, saying that you are in Congress to back another country uh, is a problem and that that's your first priority. Here's some of the applause she got at the end. Ah, Minnesota. It reminds me of Minnesota of 20, 30 years ago, you know? Good old Minnesota. Kirby Puckett, the Twins. What else is from Minnesota? Give me something else from Minnesota, quick. What? The Timberwolves, Kevin Garnett, and Ilhan Omar and her band of people who do not love America and are here to make it much, much worse. Now, why am I starting with that clip? Now, of course, in and of itself, there's a problem there, right? Like there is a problem that members of Congress put other countries first. And it's just been very clear with this woman for quite some time. But what that really is coupled with is what now has burst forth into, I think, truly the fight for the spirit of America. And if we do not get this one right, uh, it's all over. And yes, I am talking about the border and the intentional invasion that the Democrats and her brothers and sisters in the progressive party, which have completely decimated the same Democrats, uh, have ushered in. 
so that's where we're going to be spending uh, much of the show. Real quick, before we get to that, let me talk to you guys about Truly Office. Are you a listener of the Rubin Report who values digital independence and privacy? I think you are. Trulyoffice.com hears you. That's why they're offering a special 30% off for our audience. Truly Office is more than an office suite. It's a statement against the mainstream tech narrative. No ads, no tracking, only privacy. How will that work? Uh, how will that change the way you work? An, an, an average of Truly Office, at an average, Truly Office is saving the average American 82% off their yearly subscription costs, $24 one-time payment or $149 for the bloatware the guys at Microsoft charge us every year on a monthly subscription. So what are you waiting for? Use code RUMBLE30 at trulyoffice.com slash rumble and take control of your digital workspace today. That's RUMBLE30 at trulyoffice.com slash rumble. You won't want to miss out. And now back to me. Okay, so look, we can show you videos of Ilhan Omar talking about her allegiance to Somalia, and clearly she does not have anything in line with what most of us would call American values. And she has ushered this stuff in. A whole bunch of us have been warning about it. It's not just her, it's virtually all of the progressives. It's AOC, it's Rashida Tlaib, all of them. But that aside for the moment, the bigger problem, yeah, it is a problem when you have people who hate America in Congress, I will grant you that. But the bigger problem on the ground at the moment, because it is bursting forth and we don't know where the F these people are, is that in the last three years, about six million people have come into the United States and there is no border. We can pretend that there is, but there is not. The Democrats have decided to have sanctuary states and cities. Crime is rampant, fentanyl's all over the place. People know that these cities are not as safe as they used to be. Uh, and by the way, and we'll, we'll show you evidence of this, this was not the same Democrat position even of 15 years ago. Uh, but first, let's show you more from the U.S. border in Arizona this past weekend. Literally looks like World War Z. Did you see World War Z with Brad Pitt? That's what it looked like when the zombies were taken over. Again, all men that appear to be in their 20s and 30s, fighting age, where are the women, where are the old women, etc., etc. Uh, but of course, they're not just coming by land, they're also coming by sea. Uh, here is a migrant boat. Do I have to call them migrants? Here is a boat full of people who we don't know who the F they are showing up on the coast of La Jolla, California. That's San Diego uh, for those of you playing along at home. dressed in black too. Like, wouldn't you dress a little differently so you don't automatically look like the bad guy, the criminal, the person breaking into the country? Like, if this was Game of Thrones and a boat showed up just randomly on someone's shore, you slaughter these people. They cannot come. But we are just letting these people come in. We don't know who they are, where they're going, et cetera, et cetera. It is, it is, there is a full-on invasion happening in the United States. And you know, for those of you that have been watching this show for years, if you've been getting your news online for years, you need only go back seven, eight years. This is exactly the videos you're seeing, boats showing up to, to beaches, uh, people rampaging through the borders. This is exactly what was happening in Europe seven, eight years ago, exactly what was happening. And do you think that they're so thrilled about it now when they have the jihad rallies in London and when Germany uh, is having massive right-wing protests because people are sick of all of the illegal immigration. Like we are just repeating the same shit on our shores. Uh, and by the way, yes, it is intentional. The Democrats are trying to destroy the United States of America. I don't say that to be partisan. It is just a fact. 
Listen to their own words. Here's House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries uh, explaining that uh, there's no problem at the border. He doesn't want to do anything about the border and why even have a border? Is that something that you and House Democrats support, the shutting down of the border? Well, I'd have to understand the context within which, you know, the president is speaking based on whatever authority he may be given. Uh, the president, of course, I believe will always uh, do what he believes is in the best interest of the American people, consistent, you know, with um, the fact that America is a safe haven mm -hmm. uh, for people who are fleeing oppression and persecution. Uh, but it has to be managed in a reasonable way. And clearly, uh, the system is being overwhelmed right now. I think people on all sides, uh, on the Democratic, within the Democratic family and coalition, acknowledge that. Uh, but figuring out the path forward so that it's consistent with who we are. As yeah, who we are as Americans, whatever you are, I'm not that. I actually believe in America and believe in a border and I believe in law and order. Also, he's a robot. I don't know, like it, it's somehow, I think what happened with this guy is they tried to clone, it was some sort of humanoid cloning robot, like half human, half cloned human, half robot replicant of Obama. And they, they got it like slightly wrong. So his jerky motions and his words come out like this. You know that video of the woman on the plane? That motherfucker's not real. I'm pretty sure she's talking about that guy. That is not a real human being. Uh, but everyone in the progressive party, they, they never address the actual issue because it's intentional for them. They need more voters. They're almost done with the blacks in America. That's what's going on here. They realize that the blacks are kind of moving on. There's not enough of them. They're kind of into the Republicans lately because the Democrats have kept them in cycles of poverty and everything else. You got to import a whole bunch of new people. Now, I don't know if they also intend on importing a whole bunch of new people who are going to be spreading mayhem on the streets. That might just be a, a side show for them. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, here's Representative. Joaquin Castro, Democrat from Texas. They still have some Democrats in Texas. That's a damn shame. Uh, this clown rode, uh, ran for president, and here he is basically uh, uh, spreading blood libel against the, te the Texas National Guard, who are just trying to do the job that the federal government will not. I was, it did shock the conscience when you talk about Texas National Guard or DPS basically preventing CBP from rescuing a mom and two kids, an eight-year-old and a 10-year-old kid who drowned. Um, I'll say this, Republicans have gotten very bloodthirsty when it comes to the issue of immigration and border security. And, and you imagine what it takes for people in uniform to prevent other people from rescuing drowning okay. individuals. Yes, yes, the Texas National Guard, they really want to drown people and it's their fault that this woman and the kid and everyone can have sympathy for that. The federal government is not doing their job. Texas Border Patrol is trying to do something. They're trying to patrol the border. That's what Border Patrol is supposed to do. Uh, we covered it last week. The Democrats seem to think that Border Patrol is just supposed to be there with a welcome package to let people in. Oh, would you like a phone and we'll see you in Chicago. Okay, anyway. Over the last two weeks, as this thing has finally escalated to the point, and thank God for the free internet, as long as it remains free, whatever portion of it still is free, as this thing has escalated, mainstream media is finally starting to cover it. You get some of these clowns like uh, like Castro right there, just running more cover for the Democrats and robot Hakeem Jeffries saying this, that, and that. But finally, Biden issued a statement on what's going on here. Uh, of course, it's mostly complete nonsense, but I'll read it anyway. Uh, he, the tweet said, for everyone who is demanding tougher border control, this is the way to do it. Here is my full statement on border security negotiations. Now, I should say before I read this, that for weeks and months now, they've been saying there's no problem at the border, the border's closed and everything else. But now listen to the statement from Joe Biden, which of course he had nothing to do with writing because he has dementia. Uh, for too long, we all know the border has been broken except that's not what they've been saying this whole time. Uh, it's long past time to fix it. That's why two months ago, I instructed my team to begin negotiations with a bipartisan group of senators to seriously and finally address the border crisis. For weeks now, that's what they've done, working around the clock through the holidays and over weekends. Let's be clear, what's been negotiated would, if passed into law, be the toughest and fairest set of reforms to secure the border we've already had, we had ever had in the country. It would give me as president a new emergency authority to shut down the border when it becomes overwhelmed. And if given that authority, I would use it the day I sign the bill into law. 
Further, Congress needs to finally provide the funding requested in October to secure the border. This includes an additional 1,300 border patrol agents, 375 immigration judges, 1,600 asylum officers, and over 100 cutting-edge inspection machines to help detect and stop fentanyl at our southwest border. Securing the border through these negotiations is a win for America. For everyone who is demanding tougher border control, this is the way to do it. If you're serious about the border crisis, pass a bipartisan bill and I will sign it. So we're going to give you some details about that bill, but did you note there everything that he talked about, the numbers of people, it was all about how we can get these people in, right? There was nothing about stopping anybody. It's all BS and this is what they are trying to push through be uh, a bipartisan measure in the Senate. So Bill Malusian from Fox, who I, I uh, reference often on this show, who's an actual journalist on the ground, who maybe deserves more credit than anyone for being on the ground for months exposing all of this border nonsense. He gave us the actual details that are in this thing. Breaking, Senate border details, uh, per source familiar I just had a call with. Mandatory detention of all single adults. All right, that sounds fine. Mandatory shutdown of the border once average daily migrant encounters hits 5,000. Importantly, this 5,000 number includes 1,400 CBP one app entries at ports of entry per day and roughly 3,600 illegal crossings per day. How's that enforced? Once the 5,000 threshold is hit, a new authority is codified into law that requires Border Patrol to immediately remove illegal immigrants they catch without processing. This would not, they would not get to request asylum, they would be immediately removed. This includes removals back to Mexico and deportations to home countries. This would be a massive change from the current policy, which is that once an illegal immigrant reaches US soil, they must be processed via Title VIII and allowed to claim asylum. Under this new authority, they are not processed and they are mandatorily immediately removed once the shutdown threshold is reached. This shutdown also takes effect if, the, if there are 8,500 migrant encounters in a single day. The shutdown would not lift the next day. It wouldn't lift until daily encounters are reduced to 75% of the 5,000 threshold for at least two weeks. This means the shutdown authority, uh, you gotta scroll for me a little bit, uh, would not lift until two weeks of an average of less than 3,750 migrant encounters per day. Some family units will be released with alternatives to detention, ankle monitors, etc. New removal authority to immediately remove all migrants who do not have valid asylum claims, which will be determined within six months rather than the years long process we have right now. Any migrant caught trying to cross twice during shutdown phase would be banned from entering the US for one year. US will need to agreement with Mexico for Mexico to take back non-Mexican illegal immigrants. This hasn't been ironed out yet. President Biden approves the deal and is ready to sign it as of now, right now, and implement the new authority that it would give him. Okay, did the catch, I know there's a lot of details there. The, the bumper sticker version of this is, they will not do anything until every day 5,000 people come through illegally. So we have the, the legal means, meaning that there are certain ports of entry that these migrants come to and they get processed legally, right? And we can all agree or disagree on how that's done and everything else. But they're still saying 5,000 people can come a day illegally. 5,000, Brock has a calculator on his phone over here. We had him check the numbers. 5,000 illegal people coming in per day uh, times 365 days a year is 1.8 million illegal people a day. That's the bipartisan illegal people per year. 1.8 more people, 8 million people per year. And that's the bipartisan bill that these clowns want to pass. Now, at the top of the show, I mentioned that uh, when we talk about Ilhan Omar and the sort of crazy progressive leftists that have taken over the Democratic Party, uh, it's a damn shame because Democrats used to not be completely insane. We had a sort of roughly healthy Democrat Party and a roughly healthy Republican Party. They disagreed on certain things, but you kind of understood what those things were, and that kind of worked for America for about 250 some odd years. Uh, speaking of those roughly sane Democrats who have completely lost their mind, here's Joe Biden back in 2007, and you tell me, does this sound a little different than the Democrat Party of today? Would you allow these cities to ignore the federal law regarding the reporting of illegal immigrants and, in fact, provide sanctuary to these immigrants? The reason the cities ignore the federal law 
is the fact that there is no funding at the federal level to provide for the kind of enforcement at the federal level you need. Pick up the New York Times today. There's a city not far across the river from my state that imposed the similar sanctions. And what they found out is, as a consequence of that, their city went in the dumps, in, in the dumpster. Stores started closing. Everything started to happen. And they changed the policy. Part of the problem is you have to have a federal government that can enforce laws. This administration has been fundamentally derelict in not funding any of the requirements that are needed even to enforce the existing law. So, Senator law. Biden, yes or no, would you allow the cities to ignore the federal law? No. You would, okay. So incredible. Remember back back then when the president could speak in complete sentences. It was so great. It was so great. Member berries. Um, so he wanted back in 2007 stronger federal government to take care of the border. He knew and acknowledged that if you let all of these people in, you know what happens in cities? Stores start closing. Drugs get everywhere. Mayhem on the streets. Kind of that sound familiar? Anyway, finally, I actually think this is the issue more than the trans stuff and everything else because it's icky to talk about all that weird stuff and sexuality and everything else. I actually think this might be the thing that will finally unify the Republicans on one decent thing because if you, either you have a country or you don't. And it seems to me that what Greg Abbott has done in Texas to say we are gonna take care of our state first because you clowns won't do it. It is, it is unifying the Republican Party, but it's not really about the Republican Party who will always fail us and the, and the Republican senators will probably sign the stupid bill, but the states might actually start doing something. So let's talk about some of the people from some of the same states. Uh, Christy Nome, of course, governor of South Dakota. Uh, here she is on CNN going at it with Dana Bash. Why not take the, the W? What, is he, Why not what take has he done? Win? What has he done? He's, he's done nothing as far as actual policies and actually using the tools that he has. I sat two days ago with people that work for him that said, this president is tying our hands every single day. He does not let us do our job. This president, we work for him, we work for the federal government, and we hate it. We yeah. hate our jobs and we hate what's happening to this country well, because he again. will not keep us safe. Okay, so she's just saying what everyone knows. No one believes the federal government is doing their job and the border agents there are, I, I have great sympathy for them. You know, these guys, you, sh you show these videos of these guys opening up the door, telling people where to go and everything. That's not what they signed up for. You think when you became a border agent and you go down to the border in Texas or Arizona for that job, you think you're like, oh, I'm just gonna be a processing agent and I'll just tell people. I'm like a travel agent, really. Like, oh, you came from Somalia and you're in Mexico? Would, would you like to go to Chicago? I'd love to send you there. Um, no, I have great sympathy for those people. This is absolutely the fault of the Democrat party. It's, it's a bipartisan fault because it's gone on for years, but at the moment, it's the Democrat party that has the federal government, right? It, that's the president. Joe Biden, he's in charge of the executive branch. One of your few jobs, dude. Uh, anyway, Noam uh, continued warning, this is on Fox, uh, what America will look like if we don't do something about all this insanity. What Joe Biden is doing is fundamentally remaking America. If you wanna see what America will look like in another year, another two years of Joe Biden's administration, look to Europe. Look at what's happened yeah. there and the devastation that they're enduring. Will it never be the same? And, and my question is, is if we don't stand now, if we don't defend our border and protect our country right now, yep. um, where will we go? If they, we allow them to remake America, what other country is better? Uh, why not stand here and protect and defend this country right now and, and fix what is broken? And what's broken right now is Joe Biden. Of course, she's absolutely right. Joe Biden is broken. And do you think that if the average person in the UK or the average person in Germany or in France could go back a decade before they had millions of these people flood their, their shores and come through their borders and everything else, do you think they might've said, oh, we should have done it differently? Angela Merkel, who let over a million of these people into Germany, regrets it now and their social services are collapsing. And again, as I said at the top, they now have an actual what you might say is more of a far right movement growing there because people are sick of the, of the stuff. So the craziness of the left actually fuels the energy of what you would call a far right movement. That, that is the deal these people have absolutely made in hell. But, but uh, Christy Noem stepping up, Greg Abbott stepping up, of course, Ron DeSantis is stepping up, Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt uh, also stepping up. Here he is with Jake Tapper. Let's just pause it for the sake of argument that I agree with everything you said. Um, 
what Governor Abbott is doing and what you and the other governors uh, who have written this letter are supporting is defying the U.S. Supreme Court. And I wonder if you have any concern that this opens the door for, let's say, Democratic governors to defy U.S. Supreme Court decisions with which they disagree, let's say, on gun rights, because they think it's in the interest of public safety, even if the Supreme Court says what they want to do is, is unconstitutional. Well, we all agree that the Constitution is the supreme law of the land. And if the Supreme Court gets something wrong, uh, for example, if they tried to ban and say that we didn't have a, a Second Amendment right to, to, to bear arms, uh, I think the Constitution supersedes somebody in Washington, D.C. telling us, you know. Um, and so I think Governor Abbott did a really good job of laying out uh, and declared an invasion uh, based on Article One of the Constitution. Uh, the states have a right to defend themselves. The states created the federal government. The federal government did not create the states. And I, bigger picture here, though, Jake, is is the American public is so tired of politicians, uh, you know, doing something for political gain. The only explanation for the Biden administration to be cutting a razor wire and letting people flood into our country illegally is because they think politically it's going to help them in the next election. That's the only explanation. And uh, Americans are tired of people focusing on that next election instead of doing what's right for Americans. And so 25 governors uh, have signed an agreement with, with Governor Abbott that, listen, you have a right to enforce the law. Okay, I want to give the devil his due, as I try to always on this show. Jake Tapper's question is an interesting one, and it is the right one to be asking. Well, he, because he's basically saying, hey, wait a minute. Supreme Court said five to four that Texas is not, is in essence, not allowed to protect its border, right? So what if the Democrats now say, okay, the Second Amendment is not applicable or whatever else it is? Kevin Stitt clearly lays out the argument for this, right? That the states have a duty, it's Article One, the states have a duty to protect themselves, right? The states created the federal government, not the other way around. And, and there is also something else that is superseding all of this, which is the, the sheer obviousness of all of this, right? Like there, we can get into all of the, and constitutional lawyers can do this, and I have no doubt in rooms in DC, they're all smoking cigars and drinking whiskey and discussing all of this stuff. But there is an obvious reality to some of this, which is why the Republicans are kind of feeling a little juice at the moment. The average person, the average, the average dingbat, purple-haired, genderqueer weirdo in New York City, probably, if they really thought about it for a moment, wouldn't want a gajillion African migrants to come in uh, and just take over their neighborhood because generally these people are not thrilled with the genderqueer weirdo. That's a general rule. I don't want to, I don't want to, it's not a blanket statement. So Stitt is absolutely right. The states created the federal government. The states have a right to defend themselves. It is obvious what the federal government is doing right now. And they, they even this bipartisan bill is sheer BS to say we will allow 5,000 illegals in a day on top of all the legals we will in, live in a day, uh, allow in a day, 1.8 million people illegally per year. Does that seem like a solution? To you, of course it does not. Now let's shift over to The View for their incredible political analysis of all of this. Sunny Hostin, who is a racist and a communist, uh, she also, one of the things that racists and communists usually don't want you to be able to do is see things for yourself. So you'll see something and they'll tell you, no, 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 you did not see what you just saw. Here's Sunny Hostin telling us that there is no crisis at the border. The Republicans that, that want to be obstreperous want it because they don't want a Biden win. Right. They don't want Biden to be as successful and his administration to be as successful as it can and as it can and, ha and has it as it has been. Um, the thing that I, I I really think people need to understand about immigration, it's not a crisis. It's something that has been an issue in our country from the very beginning. Okay, first off, it is a crisis. Wait, can you just throw back to that for one second, just so I can read the Chiron on the bottom? It said Trump Republicans is trying, that, that what was that? Want the, oh, let's to see be here. obstreperous. Trump, want can we jump forward for just a sec? To be We're gonna jump for just a second. Look at the headline. It's Trump not a crisis. blowing up border it's, talks to blame Biden. Yes, Donald Trump, who's not the president right now. It's, of course, it's Donald Trump doing this. Putting all of that aside, and she's telling you, no, there's no border crisis. We've always had a border crisis. We're also not having a border crisis. All of that aside, what is going on with that woman's shoulder pads? 
uh, it reminded me of this. Yeah, that's Carol Burnett. That's got to be 1974 comedy classic right there, wearing the drapes as the shoulder pads. I mean, Jesus, H, people. Anyway, here's Sonny also confirming that uh, fentanyl's not really a problem when it comes over the border. This notion that, you know, immigrants are, are bringing in all the fentanyl into this country. We're not. That's, that's, that, that's, that's not that's, true. That's We're talking about drug cartels that exploit a port but of that's war. Also, no one is saying economic migrants that's to this also, country. Yes. Cause, no cause one is you, saying you that. You did say earlier, there's fentanyl being That's where the 90% of the fentanyl the, in this country comes across the southern it's, border. It's actually where do the opioids come from? That's, re that's related. We're, I love how Alyssa tries to chime in to say something sane, and she's like, that. Would you just, where's your cookie? Would you just sit over there? No one is saying every bit of fentanyl is coming over the border illegally. Obviously some of it is homegrown, but a huge amount of it is. You know, I know someone loosely who died of fentanyl overdose about two, three weeks ago, a young person, about 30 years old, uh, who from what we understand was not a fentanyl user. It was an accidental overdose on something else. It's like this shit is coming through the border. It is killing people. So they don't, she doesn't want you to see that there's a border problem and she doesn't want you to see that fentanyl is coming over uh, the border because the border doesn't even have a problem. Uh, anyway, she's also very upset and, and all of the ladies of The View are very upset because New York City, which is a sanctuary city, you know, it's getting a lot of these illegals. And, and the thing is with progressives, they just want to pretend to be nice, not actually be nice when the shit hits the fan. And I hear this argument a lot of, well, Republican border states actually get more funding, so this is their problem. They are so overwhelmed, even with that additional funding. Then you have Mayor Eric Adams begging for help from the Biden administration. Yeah. They had kids stay home from classrooms for a few days to house migrants, and they went to remote learning. But what do you say about a Governor a Abbott who's getting a million dollars to handle the crisis, and he's sending it's, everyone here Texas to the government. It's not enough, because it's government. not enough money. I've seen the, I've Why been there. Why doesn't he send any money? Why doesn't he send any money? He's he, keeping the, the money, but then Yes, Greg Abbott should send money to New York City. New York City, which has some of the highest taxes in the world, right? Because New York, you're paying New York state tax, which is basically one or two top two highest taxes in the nation. And then New York City tax, which is also high. So everyone's fleeing New York. Great, you hear Greg Abbott got a million bucks. Greg Abbott got a million bucks from the federal government. Why doesn't he send some cash? It's so freaking insane, but you must understand, these people have infected the entire, whatever intellectual piece of leftism there was, it has decimated all of these people. Their brains are like, are like Rorschach paintings. They have been completely obliterated, and you could look at them, and you can analyze it however you see fit. But speaking of people whose brains have been obliterated, but because they're lefties, uh, because he's a lefty, he still gets to rise to the top. Uh, Gavin Newsom, suddenly back. He disappeared for like two months after that uh, spanking that Ron DeSantis gave him in that debate, but he is suddenly back, and uh, here he is praising Joe Biden, and I'm fairly certain he's doing this because he's about to stab him in the back, but you make a decision for yourself. Michelle Obama, as I'm sure you saw, said that people should be terrified about what could possibly happen with the outcome of this election. Is she right to be terrified? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we all should be. I mean, what, what more evidence do you need? I mean, here's a guy who lost the election, Trump, and tried to wreck the country. He's lighting democracy on fire. He's making democracy a partisan issue. Never imagined that in my lifetime. So the consequences are profound and pronounced, and that's why I'm down here, uh, because this race is started, and we need to lift up the issues, the successes, this extraordinary successes of the last three years, the Biden-Harris administration, and then we drive contrast. It's not even a complicated campaign. We have the receipts. We have the best three-year record of any modern American presidency, period, full stop. And you look at the issue, issue by issue, they pull overwhelmingly. American people support Except what Biden has done. Except for the big thing, approval. Yeah. Biden's approval is his historically low. Why everybody, is that? Everybody, everybody, we're all, everybody's approval across the spectrum. You find exceptions to that. Look, it's been hard globally the last six, seven years. But again, America stands tall with a tentpole of the world economy. No peers economically. Again, a masterclass of delivery. The economy is booming, inflation is cooling. And of course, the economic strategies this president's put together were all things Republicans dreamt of, but never delivered. He's delivered. I honestly don't know how to analyze him properly. I, I've been fighting against this guy, obviously, for years, and I, I campaigned to have him recalled. I got audited by the state of California three days after the recall failed. I put my house for sale that day and now I live in the free state of Florida. But for all the videos we show you this guy, the level of evil with him, the level of rehearsed nonsense and abject drivel, it, it's, he, 
the devil is real. Like the devil, the concept of the devil is real. And Gavin Newsom is either the devil incarnate or being used by the devil to lie about absolutely everything. A man who everything he touches except his own personal finances, like his winery that he kept open during COVID, uh, everything that he touches turns to shit. San Francisco, which is a zombie apocalypse that he was the mayor of. California, which has lost about 1.5 million people in three years who are largely fleeing from him. And that he could sit there, the extraordinary, blah, 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 everything he says is a lie. The border, do you think that's extraordinary? How do you really feel? Just putting aside everything else, like I actually understand that the economy to some extent, because the markets seem to be doing okay right now, uh, you could maybe make some argument about that, but how has the supply chain been for you? How are the prices of eggs and everything else when you go to the store? We all know something is deeply, deeply wrong. On top of the fact that the President of the United States has dementia, and one day it is going to come out and it's gonna take down a whole bunch of people because they all know it. He's obviously on some kind of drug about it. There is a conspiracy happening right now. I'm sorry to tell you that. It's not the, most of the, it's not the funnest thing to say. Did you know that the man flying the plane has brain damage? That You wouldn't wanna find that out when you're on the plane, but here we are. Anyway, here's uh, Gavin Newsom pretending that that doesn't exist at all. One other important thing kind of looming over this, obviously, a lot of discussion of President Biden's age, um, which, which brings, raises the question, if something were to happen to Biden. Okay, if something what, would happen to any of us. <clears throat> right, All right. What, so what happens? Is it, well, is it Kamala Harris? Well, we know that. She's the Vice President of the United States, absolutely, by so, definition. I, something happens to me, it's the Lieutenant Governor of the state of I'm California. I'm talking about like, as the candidate. I mean, yeah. oh, come on. So she's the, she's Biden, the nominee. I, have you spent, and we've all spent time with Biden. I've spent time with him. Per, I mean, yeah. three hours on photo lines, on three events a day, then giving speeches. Are you kidding? At 80 years old to be in that kind of health? Uh, I have no issues whatsoever. And by the way, I'm an old-fashioned guy. You know, I think Bobby mm -hmm. Kennedy said it best. What the world needs are the qualities of youth, not a time of life, a state of mind, a quality of imagination. That's Joe Biden. Yeah, do this. I, I think we have to start playing some stock footage of a man just screaming and throwing shit and punching a dummy or something when, when we play clips of him. W what can I add to that? He, he's such a fucking liar. Evil, evil, he's the devil. Don't you get it, people? You have to tell your friends the devil's here and he's wearing a suit and slicked back hair. It's him, it's him. He's planning to uh, run when uh, they take out Joe Biden, but here he is saying that he won't do that. Who in their mind would want to run uh, when you have someone of such esteem as our incumbent president okay. of the United States with a record of accomplishments and a man of character, a man of decency? I'm old school. Talk about loyalty. I'll, I'll go to ends of the earth for this guy. I really would. I'm old school. Talk about loyalty. Didn't he cheat on his wife with his chief of staff? I think that was what it was, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this guy. And the way that woman, Alex Wagner from MSNBC, where she's asking him, like staring at him and like, like she wants to fuck him and smelling her pen. Like what the hell's going on over there? Monday guys, it's Monday. Um, anyway, um, as the Biden train derails, uh, you know what they're gonna do. They're gonna tell you that the election's gonna be stolen and that Hitler's coming back and everything else. So we wanna do some past stuff around that and then we'll get you to the present. Uh, you may remember, Hillary Clinton, this about a year ago, saying that right-wing extremists are gonna steal the 2024 election. Hello, Indivisibles. I'm here to highlight something that <laughs> is keeping me up at night. And I know this group really understands what I'm about to say. I know we're all focused on the 2022 midterm elections and they are incredibly important. But we also have to look ahead because you know what? our opponents certainly are. Right-wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election. And they're not making a secret of it. Hello, everyone. They just injected me with something and told me to scare the f out of you. Okay, yes, right-wing extremists again are coming to steal the election. <laughs> okay, so that obviously was before the 2022 midterms, but she was warning about this upcoming election. Uh, here, now let's flash it to today. 
On uh, Friday night, Stephen A. Smith uh, and Adam Schiff. So uh, the fact that, God bless Bill Maher, I'm gonna text you after the show. Stop putting this freak on the show. He's evil, he's awful, these people. Argh! Stephen A. Smith and Adam Schiff got into it about, about whether uh, Republicans wanna stop people from voting altogether. Bottom line is this. I respect the fact that you don't share my pessimism. I truly do, I understand where you're coming from. But I think that's part of the problem. I think the Democratic Party should share my pessimism. I think they should be on high alert. I think they need to uh, to treat him with the seriousness that it deserves because oh, you're know. you're having you having a lot of faith in the American people. The man did get over 74 million votes. You've got people that are looking at Joe Biden. I'm not going to call him a cognitive mess or anything like that. That's very disrespectful. I would never speak about our president that way. But when you're 82 years of age, it's not it's not offensive to say you're no longer a spring chicken and you don't seem to have the level of five and, and the energy that you want you to have. And so you take that into consideration. You take that into consideration. You can't ignore the fact that this man is a threat. Oh, make no mistake. I take him as serious as a heart attack. Okay. Um, I, I'm optimistic, but but we're going to have to fight tooth and nail. And one of the biggest obstacles we're going to have to overcome is all the efforts to prevent people from voting. Okay. Uh, we're going to have to turn out our people. Uh, we're going to have to work like never before. We're going to have to work like mm -hmm. our democracy is on the line because it damn well is. Right. Uh, and yeah. um, I, I don't. So I I take this as serious as a heart attack. Let's interject one thing into this discussion about Trump that we've been having all night. It was a question I was going to ask you. We ran out of time. Sure. The Atlantic put out an article last year, and it was called Separating Sports by Sex Doesn't Make Sense. Right. And talked about how we separate sports like the WNBA. Just because it's just socialization. This is insane. I agree. Okay. That's why people vote for Trump. Mm -hmm. Because there's stuff like that on the left that people just go, uh, I know Trump's horrible. But separating by sports by sex makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. And if you think it doesn't, uh, you can't leave the country. That's cutting off your nose to spite your face. Uh, okay, okay. okay. Well, I'm just, I'm just giving you the answer to the question you're asking all night long. Why do they vote for Donald Trump? It's not always because they like him. No, it's because stuff like that well, is kookier to them. Okay, as you can see, we played the longer version of the clip there when they got into the separating stuff by sex because I'm trying to illustrate that there was a sane liberal position which Bill Maher still tries to hold on to for, again, for all his faults and everything else. And I know every time I give him credit, people get pissed at me, it's okay. Um, that was, there were sane positions, but now you have the decent liberal, the sane liberal, the only one, because Adam Schiff is a progressive lunatic and Seth MacFarlane is also a progressive lunatic, saying there is a reason people vote for Trump. Bill's going, I, I'm not gonna vote for Trump. I don't like Trump. I always make fun of Trump. Trump makes fun of me. We fight all the time. But like, there's a sane position here. Now, as for Stephen A. Smith and the original purpose of the, uh, of the clip, uh, first off, when Stephen A. says this thing about, I'm not gonna disrespect the office by talking about his mental state, and then he says, you know, he's no spring chicken. It's like, I'm not disrespecting the office of the president when I tell you that there is something wrong with Joe Biden. I'm actually respecting it. I want the president to have some level of cognitive ability. I want the president to not sound like he is about to keel over and get confused in the middle of sentences and be able to read properly off a teleprompter and not make up words and, and make up stories about his past because I care about America, because I care about the office of the presidency. So I think Stephen A, all due respect, I think you got it uh, slightly backwards there. As for Schiff, who is just so freaking shifty, he is shifty Schiff. Trump, I'll give, shifty Schiff, I'll give you credit on that nickname, Trump. Um, the idea that Republicans are the ones who don't want people to vote is complete, Nonsense. Republicans generally want people to show an ID when you vote, which you have to do in the state of Florida, versus when I lived in California and they and when I accidentally, because it was by default, went to show the guy my ID, he kind of freaked out. We want secure elections. Nobody is stopping anyone from a with a valid ID from voting. The idea that black people somehow can't get IDs is deeply racist. It's the soft bigotry of low expectations. And I'm fairly certain I've seen black people on planes. Has everyone in this room seen a black person on a plane? Black people, on, even snakes on a plane. What's his name? He's black. The point of all this, guys, is that the Democrats aren't just ramping up 24 with a constitutional crisis at the border, right? They are doing that. Then you've got the literal people just wandering in. So we got a constitutional crisis. We got the literal people pouring through the border. We have a candidate crisis because Joe Biden has dementia and then a lot of people have Trump derangement syndrome. And then they also want you to think that there's a voting crisis. But there's another piece that they are after right now, and that is the weaponization of the law. They are trying to take out Donald Trump, be it removing him 
from ballots because of the insurrection that he was never uh, he was never actually called guilty of, right? Or whether they are basically trying to tell you that he can't run because he's going to be so caught up in all of these legal trials, what's going on in New York, and he inflated the price of Mar-a-Lago and blah, blah, blah. So the other thing that happened on Friday is that a jury in New York ordered Donald Trump to pay E. John Carroll, E. Jean Carroll, $83 million for defaming her by calling her sexual assault allegation a lie. So he is not, was not convicted of sexually assaulting her. He was convicted or found guilty of defaming her for calling her sexual assault allegation a lie. Did you catch all that? It's bananas, 83 million, here you go. What do you have for us so far in terms uh, of the damages being awarded by this jury to E. Jean Carroll uh, because of uh, Donald Trump's uh, defamation against her? I mean, Jake, this is a significant win for E. Jean Carroll. The jury awarding her um, just shy of $100 million in this verdict. I'm going to break it down for you. They said that uh, E. Jean Carroll was injured as a result of Trump's defamatory statements. And for emotional harm, they're awarding her $7.3 million. For reputational repair, they're awarding her $11 million. And for punitive damages, that is the part that punishes Donald Trump. They are awarding $65 million. So my rough math there gets us over $80 million that the jury is awarding E. Jean Carroll. I mean, that is a significant win from her. Last year, the jury awarded her $5 million. This is just exponentially more. Um, you know, this is something that is the jury is sending a message to Donald Trump. You know, the argument that Carroll's team has made, which this jury seems to have completely agreed with, is that the only way to stop Donald Trump from repeating these defamatory statements is to hit him in the pocketbook. And that is what they've done. All right, so just to be clear one more time, he was not convicted of rape. This is about defamation related to claiming that her sexual assault allegations are nonsense. Apparently that could be to the tune of almost $100 million. By the way, Donald Trump did in a, in a very Trumpian way. I think on Truth Social, he said something to the effect of, I wouldn't wait, rape her, she's not my type which isn't the smartest thing to say because it, the implication is, oh, if she was your type, you would have raped her. <laughs> anyway, what's this happening? Anyway, here's E. John Carroll walking out of court and she's very excited and look at her. She's getting all the fame. She's oh, so long desired. There she is. Look at her, look at her. What a victim, smiling. He'll pay me a hundred million dollars, okay. Uh, here she is on CNN. This is last year acting like a complete lunatic. I feel like a victim. I was not thrown on the ground and ravished, which the word rape carries so many sexual connotations. This was not, this was not sexual. It just, it, it hurt. It just, what, it just, you know. Well, I think most people think of rape as a, I mean, it is a violent assault. It is not I think most people rape. think of rape as being sexy. Mm. Let's take a short break. Think of the fantasies. Mm. We're going to take a quick break. If you can stick around, we'll talk more on the other side. You're fascinating to talk to. <laughs> I think most people think rape is kind of sexy. C commercial people! Somebody get me an ad! Diapers! Whatever! You can see how they run cover, right? They didn't want her, they wanted to bring her on to get views, right? Because the mainstream media is in this evil thing with Donald Trump where we hate Donald Trump, he's evil, he's Hitler, but he also gets us clicks, he gets us views, ultimately gets us money. Then you bring on this woman who's telling you that it wasn't, that rape wasn't sexual, but rape, you know, in this instance, but uh, rape is kind of sexy, something like that. And then Anderson has to run cover. She can't be thought of as completely insane because we need her to take out Trump. It's so, there's so much here. So you get it, guys. The Dems are willing, the Dems, the mainstream media, the whole machine is willing to go full-blown crazy on us this year. The border, the Constitution, the candidates, the election, the law, the all of it, it's all freaking here. And the best thing we can do is not only supersede them morally with truth and reality, but also match the intensity, match some strategy. Don't just respond to everything. Do some things perhaps outside of the box. So this one is a long shot but I just wanna put it out into the ether. Colin Rugg, an actual journalist, uh, tweeted this. This is sort of an interesting, just game changer idea. Report, 
A Trump and RFK Jr. 2024 ticket could be a possibility after a new report claims the Trump team reached out to RFK about serving as VP. Wow. Trump operatives expressed an interest in Kennedy early on, but it was all premature, a source said. The pair recently agreed with their support for Texas in the fight against illegal immigration. The source, according to the New York Post, said the gesture was made right out of the box when Bobby announced his run for president. Anything's possible, I wouldn't write it off by any means, the source said. During a recent event on Fox News, Trump suggested that he already knows who his VP pick will be. Now, I just wanna just say real quick, I have no, you know, New York Post, anonymous source, all that stuff, so I'm not giving this any extra credence. RFK, by the way, has also said repeatedly that he would never be on the ticket with Donald Trump. But I'm talking about the idea here, not the exact specifics, that the, whatever is happening in this country has to be solved by some outside the box thinking, has to be solved with some by some people who actually care about this country. We have to start thinking creatively because we're, otherwise we're just responding to more and more nonsense. If we look at the nonsense of two years ago, it, it, do we have more nonsense now or less nonsense? I'm fairly certain we have more nonsense. So we need to wake up to some of this. And speaking of wake up, one of the nice things about uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is that he's been waking up in real time. You may remember, uh, the day he announced he was running for president as a Democrat, I said he would not be a Democrat by the end of this thing. I said, I don't know if he'll be a Republican, but he will not be a Democrat. Well, subsequently, he has left the Democrat party. He's running as an independent. Now, interestingly, there was another rumor over the weekend that he might run as a libertarian because the libertarians, if you're an independent, you're not on all the ballots. The libertarian party is on every single ballot of all 50 states. So if the libertarians were like, all right, he's not the perfect libertarian. He might be a little too big government for us in some ways but libertarians love all of his COVID stuff, right? So they might be like, you know what, let's put him on the ballot and then something crazy could happen because what if he got 20% of the vote? Does that take more from Trump or does it take more from Biden, et cetera, et cetera. But the interesting thing about RFK is that he's waking up in real time. If you listen to him on the border from 10 years ago, it was open borders and all that. And then he went to the border. We played you the clip a while back. I talked to him about it when I interviewed him and now he has woken up and he is standing by Texas and the other red states in this border battle. Take a look. Uh What's the state of your ideas around the border and how it's getting kicked around now after all this time? One is, I think that uh, Governor Abbott is correct in Texas, that Texas has a right to, uh, to prevent invasion and to take action to prevent invasion of the border. Um, if I were president, I would shut down the border immediately. And that's quite a statement. Remember, this guy was a Democrat three months ago, and here he's talking about being president and shutting down the border. Now, does it sound to you like allowing 5,000 illegal people in a day, on top of the amount of people who can legally come here a day, again, I said 1.8 million people a year illegally, it doesn't even make sense, like in its, in its own, like just if you understand what law is, how is it law, we will sign something into law that will allow X amount of illegal people in. Like it just makes no sense. So the point is, there is a political alignment with Robert F. Kennedy and Trump. I don't know that they can work it out, but there is something there. And if we can figure out what that thing is, it doesn't mean they have to exactly agree on climate or exactly agree on abortion, but whatever that thing is that also connects kind of you and me and, and old school liberals and all of the, and libertarians and all the, then there's a real movement, a movement that actually cares about America and is sane and everything else, even if some of the characters are, say, a bit over the top and everything else. Uh, we've got a bit more on RFK from the Daily Wire. Uh, independent presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. took nearly a quarter of the vote in a new poll examining a hypothetical three-way matchup in 2024. The results of a Quinnipiac University national poll released on Wednesday showed Kennedy with 22% support among registered voters behind Joe Biden with 39% and former President Donald Trump with 36%, nearly one year away from the general election. I mean, that is super interesting, right? He's, you're, what you're seeing there is he's not that far off from the big boys, but even if he doesn't become president, like even if he doesn't get to that 34% threshold and is able to beat the two of them, which way can he push the election? Like he actually could now, there is something interesting happening. So electorally, the two of them, be it Trump and RFK, or he's certainly not gonna do anything with Biden, but Trump and RFK paired together would be a bipartisan superpower that I think could actually win over the country and get rid of Biden and the progressive lunatics. I wanna read one other tweet uh, from my friend and former Rubin Report guest, many, many, at least 10 time guests, Brett Weinstein, who I think said something that, that really sums up the RFK situation quite nicely. 
To me, this is clear. Bobby Kennedy Jr. is the best shot we have to pull the country and the West out of this nosedive. I see three reasons for RFK Jr. rather than Trump is the right man for the job. The first is time. Trump is old and would have only four years to get us turned around. The second is temperament. Trump is politically brilliant, but not a meticulous thinker. He is also impulsive and driven by ego. That makes him manipulable. The fact that he still thinks his COVID record is impressive is a major red flag. He was played by Fauci, etc., and still doesn't see it. Bobby, by contrast, is a very deep thinker, as well as mentally disciplined and unflappable. The third is teamwork. Trump is a one-man show, and the job that needs doing isn't a job for one man. With all that said, the number one objective for all patriotic Americans in this election must be to remove the diabolical ruling cabal from power. Trump is far better than the blue team circus that currently holds the White House. If, as the election approaches, Trump is the best chance we have to remove Biden and the DNC from power, then I will vote accordingly. I would urge you to do the same. I really can't emphasize enough that Brett saying this, Look, you may be watching this completely on Team Trump right now. You might be watching this as someone who's deeply supported DeSantis, and you're like, no, we've got to go Trump now. RFK is a distraction. The idea of Brett Weinstein, lifelong Democrat, ultimately turned independent, but he was a progressive working at Evergreen State University, which was the most progressive pop college in the United States, um, that he is now basically saying, I will vote for Trump because these people are effing bananas, but maybe there is a better way which could incorporate RFK into it. I'm just telling you guys, you know, with 10 months out from this thing, like anything can happen. You can, it doesn't it feel like, like you can feel it. You don't need me to tell it to you. The, the Biden thing feels completely up in the air right now, whether it's gonna be Biden or Gavin Newsom or Michelle Obama or Big Mike or whoever it's gonna be. Like it feel, you, can, you, you just know it, right? And now the Republican thing's starting to feel that way. And now there's this independent thing or does he come in as a libertarian, et cetera, et cetera. So we need a new wild card to get out of this nonsense, right? And, and one way we get out of this nonsense is waking more people up, getting people to not buy the nonsense from CNN and MSNBC and the rest of the uh, legacy media. That would be a, go a long way, because if we could wake up more people now, then we got time before we get to that election. Uh, here's one more from RFK talking about the mainstream media landscape and how we need a shift, because that will actually cause ultimately voting habits to be different. The one cohort that I'm doing really poorly with is baby boomers. And I ought to be doing, I ought to be doing, thank you. Thanks to all the old people like me. And I, I ought to be doing really great with them because, you know, they're the people who remember Camelot and the Kennedy era. Uh, but, you know, they have a disability, which is they only get their news from ABs, from uh, from ABC, NBC, CNN, MSNBC, and the New York Times. And if I were living in that information ecosystem, I'd have a low opinion of myself as well. Uh, what we're finding is if they, you know, the young people are, are getting their information from long form interviews, from podcasts, from other alternative interviews. So they're, they're doing critical thinking and they're not locked into these orthodoxies. And, Somehow, if you're young and you have parents, uh, you need to lock them up somewhere and make them listen to a Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so do you get it? I'm not telling you he has all the answers. You guys know I disagreed with him on this show about the affirmative action decision. I'm actually, by the end, I kind of got him to come around to my position a little bit more. Uh, he is definitely more into the climate stuff than I am into, or at least believing that the, that humans can do something about it. Um, there, there are probably a series of other disagreements that we have, but does the guy love America? Yes. Does he see the problem with the mainstream media? Yes. Does he want accountability as it relates to COVID? Yes. And there are a series of other things that make sense with this guy. So I don't know where he fits into the ecosystem. And that really wasn't the genesis of the whole show. The genesis of the whole show is that there are more of us waking up and we've got to figure out how to wrangle some cats right now into a movement because who knows what happens. You, you might be on the Trump train and you do not know if all these cases, removing him, maybe it just doesn't work out. Maybe he doesn't get on the ballots. Like who the high hell knows? So we better start thinking about things a little more holistically or it's gonna roll around to uh, early January, 2025 and it could be far worse than Joe Biden. It could be, it could be Skeletor.
I'm watching this new He-Man thing on Netflix. It's not, it's actually not terrible. Anywho, uh, I thank you for watching on this Monday. Uh, we've got a full week of shows for you, as we always do. My full interview with Mike Baker, former CIA uh, op. Mike Baker is up right now. People of the Internet's live at 1 p.m. Post-game show coming up in just moments. RubenReport.locals.com. And we leave you with more of E. Jean Carroll. She's an interesting character. Kind of likes rape and some other stuff. I promise you, babe. Balls. If you get rid of your chair at work, sit on a ball, you'll burn more calories, you'll work your core. <laughs> Excellent for the old bath, but here's the thing. It will decrease your cellulite. Seven or eight weeks from now, you're gonna have the thighs of a four-year-old. I personally, I have blue balls all over my house. <laughs>